Hey, so welcome to our very first podcast here at Evangelism Press. You can check us out more at evangelismpress.com. My name is Paul Perkins. Today, we're going to be interviewing John Scott. John is the pastor of Parkwood Baptist Church in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. And he's going to talk to us about getting adequate rest in ministry, about zeal, about evangelistic altar calls, just a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today. So look, be sure once again to check us out, evangelismpress.com. We've got a lot of articles from various people around the country, but really want to highlight our own folks here at Resurrection Church in Hillsville, Virginia. Got many articles that were produced this week that are wonderful reads. Go check it out. See ya. Have a good day. Enjoy the podcast. So, John and I have been friends a long time. He's been a mentor of mine for, for many years. And we're just going to talk for a few moments about what the ministry work week looks like. We're going to take a break from um, watching the impeachment hearings today, right, John? Yeah. I, I, you have you been watching that? No, no, I have not watched it. I started watching a while back, and I just it got more than I wanted to off stomach. It's just like grandstanding the whole. It just pretty much grandstanding the whole time. But uh, we're we're going to talk jerk. about something more positive. Good, good. So, okay. So, John, how many years have you been pastoring? I started pastoring in 1992, so I've been 20, 25 years. No, 27 years. 27 years I've been pastoring now. Wow. So that's I was 18 when I started years old so does does it feel like that many years or does it feel like yesterday what does it feel like a pastor that long honestly it does not feel like it's been 27 years as i said i started when i was 19 i went right out of the youth group into uh the full-time lead pastor and my wife came out of youth group as a pastor's wife so it was a quick transition and honestly i look back and i see the years behind me but it's gone by so quickly Man, so it's like grow up real quick when you move from youth pastor to senior that's pastor. That's that's yes. a whole nother that's a whole nother podcast, John, in itself, I'm sure. But uh, um, okay, so let's jump in. What we want to talk about today is what does the ministry work week look like for you? And I want to start with, and I'll try not to interrupt you, but I want to start with. Um, Sunday afternoon, it's one o'clock. You, you've just got home or you, you've just finished up at the, your favorite restaurant. You're going back to the house. Do you just take a nap, man? Are you completely exhausted? Do you take a nap on Sunday afternoon or what happens on Sunday afternoon after a hard work week of ministry, John? You know, it's funny you say that because, uh, having, work with several youth pastors uh, here at the church. One of the things that has been almost synonymous is uh, I, I try to get our associates and our youth pastors to preach periodically, to give them that experience and exposure. And, and without a doubt, one of the, one of the things, one of the consensus is after they preach on a Sunday morning, all of them have come to me and go, wow, I am exhausted. And wow. people don't realize how much that, uh, preparation, planning, praying, and then the presentation of the message takes out of the person both physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And that's whether you have a great service or you look out into an audience of people who 
are just completely disconnected, you're still spent. Uh, so, you know, when I get home on Sundays, we've done something entirely different here. And a lot of churches are following suit is we've done away with Sunday night services and nothing at all ungodly. You know, we, we didn't turn against the Lord or anything like that. It's, <laughs> I, I grew up in a church where you come home from Sunday, you change clothes, you, you know, as a child, you play outside a little bit, then you take a bath and you go to church again. And there's so much rush and there's so much frustration that oftentimes you lose the whole purpose of why you're going. And so we encourage people to spend time with their family. And uh, when I get home on Sunday to answer a question is I am completely exhausted mentally and physically. Uh, my typical Sunday is probably different than a lot. I'm wired so tight. Uh, my mind is always constantly working. I have a very difficult time sleeping at night, much less during the daytime. Oh, so I'll go outside oftentimes and just spend, you know, some time with my dogs. Uh, that's therapeutic to me. Uh, I, I may go walking in the woods, which I, I, we have a pond in the woods behind our house. I try to get away completely away from ministry if I can when I get home from church on Sunday. Wow, that is super interesting. I think, uh, hey, let's back up for a minute. I mean, this, you really touched on something. I want to, and we may not make it to the rest of the week, John, so just bear with me. <laughs> All right, sure. But, but you touched on something I wasn't anticipating. We were going to go through Monday through your work week. We might not make it past Sunday, and uh, but here's why. Here's why. Let's back up to where you said you're spent. Right. Okay. Like, what does that mean? Like, why are you spent? Why Why can't you just get up and preach a sermon on Sunday and just chill out? You know, I don't mean this negatively, I, I, but why can't you do that? Why, what's, what's going on in that sermon that burns that much energy? What's going on? Well, I, I think... I think what it is, it's it's almost like a fighter's high. I mean, we the the sermon is almost a pinnacle of what has been going on throughout the entire week or throughout the entire month. It really is. You you know, in ministry, I, I've worked in both secular jobs in leadership and management and in ministry. And uh, the one thing about a secular job, even in a high stress situation, there is a cutting off point. There is a stopping point. There is a time where you shut down the computer, where you turn off the phone in your home. But in ministry, there's there's never really a, a shut off button. Uh, you can have plans and those plans can change in a moment's notice because ministry is a 24 hour calling. And so we back up in the work week and, and we've planned for these messages. I just finished this past week, my last message for 2000 and. Uh, 19, and I'm working on 2020. We're going through the book of 2 Timothy. And uh, you put a lot of time and preparation just into the studying part of that. And then you, you spend that time talking to God, knowing that you can prepare all you want, but unless God, there's three things, unless he enables, he entrusts, and he empowers. Unless those three things are done, it's going to be a failure. And, and so you're putting all these energies into this one presentation because not only is it a presentation of the Word of God, it's a presentation uh, to people that you may never see again. This may be mm. the last time they ever hear about Jesus. That day may be their last day on earth. And, and even though we may not admit that, we understand that as a reality. And, and so you're, you're putting 
your emotions, your study, you're putting your passion all on the line for 35 or 40 minutes, not necessarily seeking the approval of the people out there, but really saying, okay, God, this is the stage you've given me, and this is the opportunity. I don't want to fail you. And so when you put that in there and all those emotions, that all, spiritual adrenaline almost kicks in. There have been times I have been completely sick wanted to be in church and it's like as soon as I took that stage to preach as soon as I took that pulpit all of that bad feeling just kind of vanished for 30 or 40 minutes it resumed when I got finished but it was that that empowerment that strength that God gives you to present that message in such a way that when you're finished you're tired it's like running a race and you get close to that finish line that adrenaline is pumping but when you cross that finish line every part of your body that was hurting the entire time of the race that you blocked out, it's there again. And I think sometimes, you know, when, when we present that message, when we're just physically and emotionally exhausted, we have to step back. We have to recharge ourselves because we can push ourselves to sin if we're not careful. Yeah. Hey, that's interesting. You just talking about just to the point of exhaustion. I, I wonder sometimes, I want to get your opinion on this because I always – I always wonder about this, John, and I haven't asked you about this in, in years or maybe ever, but, you know, a lot of people do two services. Some people do three services. Right. Of, course, of course, we're not against, I'm not against that at all. One of the things I find, and maybe I'm just a, a weakling, I don't know, but <laughs> one of the things I find is like exactly what you said, like I'm putting it all on the oh, line in that moment of preaching I don't know that I could do it three times like that. What, what's your take on that? Like, could you do what you do three times in a row on a Sunday morning or, or what would happen if you did that? You know, and I hate to give a church answer, uh, but that's the only really answer that I can give right now. And that, yeah. if God calls us to do it, he's going to strengthen us to accomplish it. Very good. And, Very and I, good. There's been times I look at a work week, and I know, Paul, you have been in a similar situation, no doubt, where we look at a work week, and, and we go, wow, how am I going to get this accomplished? Oftentimes, I'll look for my first break. It may be Saturday morning, and I'll say, okay, Lord, you know, I need you to get me to Saturday morning. And I know that may sound juvenile, and I look back, and I see eight or ten days worth of work put into five days, and the only answer I I have is that God gave me the strength and the ability to structure my week, to organize my time, and to accomplish all of these things that on paper were almost impossible to, to even comprehend. Absolutely. You know, if you write on paper, I, I did this last year. I was having a, a week of just stress. And so I wrote down on paper, John, everything that was going on. And it, that made it a little worse, actually. You begin to. You look at it and you're like, wait a minute, I'm in way over my head. And I think that's what you're saying, though. We may be, we are in over our head. But the truth is, we, we're supposed to not necessarily be in over our head, but we're supposed to be in a place of dependence in our service. And I like your answer because it said, if God calls us to it, we're going to, he's going to make us able, our abilities and our gifts to match that. And I guess there's a place. Uh, of negligence there, but I, that's not what we're talking about today. I, I think uh, that's interesting. Uh, any other comments on that? I want to ask you about the Holy Spirit in a minute, but uh, any other comments on that? Well, I think I think it was Corey Ten Boom 
that made the statement, if the devil can't get you to sin, he'll get you to hurry. And Oh, man. What a statement that is. We find ourselves so many times rushing from one appointment to the next or from one service to the next that oftentimes people look at pastors, and this is all pastors, not me, not you, but every one of us, as if we should have some type of superpowers or that we are in a better place than they are where God is concerned. But in reality, we're all loved equally in God's eyes. We're all his children. I don't have a special place because I'm a pastor. And I say that to simply say that the struggles of our people, the struggles that they go through, we go through the same thing. The only difference is they have somebody to come and bear their burdens to. Oftentimes, we're captured or captive to our own burdens. And so when you have that ability to release your burdens to people, I have people walk out of my office and I just listened, and they say, man, I feel better. Well, you know, we don't have that. Not only do we not have that opportunity oftentimes to bear our burdens to a human, another human soul, but we're also bearing the burdens of everyone that has come to us throughout the week. So when you take all of that and you compound that with the study, the preparation, the hospital visits, the concern you have for your church family, And then you bring that almost to a head on Sunday morning as you present that gospel to these people that you know their highs and their lows. It is no wonder that so many pastors burn out when they do not take time to rest because you can only pour so much of you out before you're empty. And I think that's an ongoing theme in what you're saying here on Sunday. Like Sunday is really important. For the pastor to rest too when as soon as he's done with his work and, it, and that speaks to me john because I, that's a fault of mine i i'm i'm working on next week's sermon on sunday afternoon you know and i think i think um what you i need to get out more like you're talking about and i think that speaks to many pastors listening today yes sir. um hey let's let's go something i've been itching to ask is Holy Spirit. Let's let's talk about the Holy Spirit in one aspect. Right. Altar call. All right. We call it altar call. Some people call it invitation. I don't know what the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and what they what they still call it. I think they called it invitation. Right, I think so. Um a lot of people, John, more in the reform camp or, or some other circles than what we've grown up in, they're kind of still I wouldn't say anti-altar call, but they're they're not really pro-altar call. Right. What's your take on the end of service, the Holy Spirit moving at the end of the service? How do you do an altar call at the end of that Sunday morning service? You know, man, that is really funny that you bring that because that's probably been one of the things that me personally, I've really had to step back five, six, seven steps this past year and look at it from a whole different angle because I've grown, I've grown in the, in a, a Bible belt or in a background where, you know, invitation was given for anything. I mean, if you have a, you know, a dinner, you're going to give an invitation. That was just, <laughs> it. and, um, mm-hmm. but you, you said the question in, in your question, I think you held the answer. You said when the Holy spirit moves, yeah. Uh, and I think that's the most, that's the only way that we can interpret that. Uh, we have 
on occasions an altar call or an invitation as it's sometimes referred to, but not every week. Um, because there are some weeks that when we present the gospel, there's statements of fact, it's applicable to your life. You know that the people are listening. You know that there are some that are not listening and you present the truth and the Holy Spirit, he does the work and it may be throughout the week and you sense that. But then there are some times too where you you sense such a drawing. Uh, Maybe there's been a, a very difficult time in the church family. And I do believe that there is something to be said, whether we call it invitation, whether we call it uh, altar call, or whether we call it corporate prayer. Uh, I do think there's something to be said about the functionality of corporate prayer in the church. Men and women casting off pretense, coming together in what is no doubt a very humbling situation and praying together. So to answer your question, do we have that, no matter how you deem the term, we do uh, on occasion as the Lord leads and as the Lord drives. Uh, Is the gospel presented on a weekly basis? Yes. And we oftentimes say, listen, your altar can be right there at your seat, right where you're at. Your altar could be in your car on the way home tonight or today. Um, so, yes, it is, it's very much uh, reliant on the movement of the Lord's uh, spirit uh, during the service and whether or not that is impressed upon uh, you know, our hearts to do something like that. So it's kind of a, a vague answer now, but that's where we're at in our church. We're kind of in a, a very vague area right now determining exactly what the Lord wants us to do. And there's not a scriptural mandate. We both no. know that. So um, it, it, it could become a legalism if somebody was to say, Hey, that's a little liberal for you to say that it's not, listen, there's not a scriptural mandate that says you must do it X, Y, Z. Um, I, I like what you're saying though, as far, and not just because I like it and we're friends. I, I think dependent on the Holy spirit, right. is the only way to go. I mean, you, you can't, you've seen there's services you've preached that people have come forward that you would have never thought that message would have brought them forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, one of the, a lot of people go ahead, go ahead. ahead. No, you please go ahead. No, I, I was just saying a lot of times in, in the work week too, you'll see people come to Christ. And a lot of times on Sunday morning, what we're doing is we're presenting people. I think if we were going to depend on that service as a make it or break it sort of thing, right? Then we're going to be really disappointed in ourselves or some, or some way like that. We're going to have some kind of depressed feeling about that service when people don't come every Sunday to the altar. Right. You know, you're absolutely right. And, and that is, you made the statement that it's not, it's not a biblical point or, you know, point of reference in there. You know what? There's a lot of things in churches today that aren't biblical that are traditional but they're not biblical. And we, in, we sometimes muddy the water and misinterpret what tradition is and what biblical mandates are. And, uh, and I think that's where a lot of people get very confused. Uh, well, we've always done it, and so therefore we need to do it. Uh, but just because we've always done something doesn't make it right. You know, we're living in a day and age, and, and, and perfect in segue what you just said, we're living in a day and age of... Uh, we've been teaching here at Parkwood uh, uh, consumer Christianity. 
where we, we have been ruined by this mindset that if I'm not happy, if I don't like it, if it's not, if it's too hot, if it's too cold, if it's too long, if it's too loud, if it's too quiet, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go somewhere else. That's that consumerism mentality. You go to a store, you don't like the food, you don't like the, the product, you go to another store. That's not meant for the church. The church is not something that has been designed to honor the people when they walk in the door. The church is something that is designed for people to honor God. And when we become so consumer-minded, consumer we're going to get angry and frustrated and upset because it's not going to go my way. But when we get Christ-minded, then even if it doesn't go my way, even if we don't have a, uh, an altar call, or even if we don't do three songs and then an announcement and two more songs, it's mm -hmm. not going to matter because I'm not here for me. I'm here for him. And you're right. Sunday is not the evangelistic day of the week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're called to be evangelistic in everything we do. Sunday is a gathering. It is meant for brothers and sisters to gather, to come together, to study, to worship, to share common interests, and then to go back out. One of the things that concerns me when I hear somebody say, you know, Pastor, I can't wait to get here to church on Sunday to get my fix. I always correct them on that because if you are waiting for Sunday to get your fix, then you're not walking with God through the rest of the week. Wow. Man, well said, John. Well said and convicting, too. But it, you know what? I'm so thankful, man, to take this time with you today. And I've learned a few things. I know others have. Hey, I'm going to ask you one last crazy question. Are you ready? Okay. What did you have for lunch today, man? Oh, man. We got a group of, <laughs> listen, we got a group of people here called DMAs. It stands for Don't Mention Age. And oh. they have a Thanksgiving uh, feast this time every year. So today they came in and laid out the entire Thanksgiving spread, man. I'm in a uh, melatonin, I mean, not a melatonin. I'm in a tryptophan shock right now. <laughs> yes, we had a Thanksgiving dinner here to just end all. Excellent. Hey, bro. Hey, I'll see you later. Thanks for your time. I enjoy And have it. a great afternoon. Talk to you later. God bless you. Take care. See you. Bye-bye. Hey, we're glad you tuned in. And I'd say, hey, check us out again. For some show notes, there should be a transcribed version of the podcast up on the website, evangelismpress.com. Have a great day. See ya.